0: Systematic. Systematic. Recorded in Humboldt Park, Chicago.
1: Systematic podcast.
0: Hosted by twin sisters. It's
1: a magic podcast. Alexis
0: and Samantha. Samantha. Just in case you're friends. Systematic
2: podcast. Welcome back to Systematic Podcast, the show about politics, pop culture, and and sisterhood. sisterhood.
0: It's your girls here. I'm Sam. And I'm Alexis. And this is season two, episode seven it's march now it's women's history month um granted our work is centered on women all year round right and when we talk about women's history month and the contributions that women make and have made to um, our culture and our society we want to emphasize that we are talking about all women all people who identifies women or femme or gender non-conforming, right, if your Women's History Month isn't trans-inclusive, if it isn't intersectional, if it doesn't also interrogate oppressive systems based on race and sex and class and ability, then we don't really want any part of that. So let's make sure to have an inclusive month. Definitely. And we will be participating in and um, sharing more content all throughout the month. So definitely tap in on our social media channels to keep up with that. We will be collaborating with organizations here in the city and we will also be highlighting some of our favorite women who we find to be inspiring starting with this episode and the two guests that we had the pleasure of sitting down with. Yesenia Chavez and Trinity Colon, who are both activists and organizers working on the campaign here on Chicago's southeast side to stop General Iron from moving to their community. We will be getting all into what that is and what they do. Um, Yesenia, also known as Yaya, is a student and she's currently on day 23 of a hunger strike trying to stop this facility from opening in her community and Trinity is a high school student. Yeah, she goes to high school, um, the school that's like across the street from where they're trying to move this like really toxic um, polluting facility. So th- yeah, this issue is super important. Right. So we're going to keep this intro short and really focus on this issue here. On what these two women are doing. Yeah. And yeah we want y'all to to plug into the campaign to stop general iron and and figure out what we can all do to help right a little bit of an update on this since we recorded the interview a few days ago the campaign is still ongoing southeast side community members literally have their lives on the line at this point due to the hunger strike that they had no other choice but to undertake it's past due time that Lori lightfoot and our elected officials do the right thing and put people's lives before profit and deny this permit um if general iron is not good enough for the north side it's not good enough for the southeast side either and has no place in our city polluting the lungs of our fellow Chicagoans yeah especially our fellow black and brown Chicagoans and especially our youth and public um school students so right so we're gonna get into all of the background of that in this interview in this conversation hit us up if you need any more information or how to get involved uh, we're happy to direct people to shy hunger strike yep. and in our dms right last thing that we just wanted to let everyone um, know is that this is the last episode of season two um, we are wrapping up and just taking a short break to regroup and ensuring that we are making the best use of our grant funding. One um, thing that we're doing with that funding is hiring a new team member. We are so 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 excited to have him on board. Fernando Figueroa. He is so talented and insightful. He has so much experience in um, creative marketing and he's already helped us so much. He is just a gem and we are so happy to have him. So we're really excited to come back with season three. We have a a lot of things planned and we're going to be coming harder than ever. So get ready and let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about, if there's anyone you want us to talk to, we would love any insight um, or suggestions for sure. Hit our emails, our, our email, um, hit our DMs, uh, or, or open to all your ideas. And without further ado, we're gonna transition to our interview with Yesenia Chavez and Trinity Colon on their efforts in the campaign to stop General Iron. By the way, the music on this episode is titled Friends by the newly formed musical group Prong with lead singer Tatiana Hazel, who is a former guest of ours and extremely talented. Enjoy.
1: Ladies, what's up to you,
3: pretty ladies? You guys look great. Wait, shout out Runzi, real quick. Hey, <laughs> keeping you hydrated, very, yeah. honest, very, very important.
0: Um, yeah, so we have Isenia Chavez and Trinity Colon here. Uh, thank you guys so, so, so much for joining us. Um, what you guys are both doing is like so important and inspiring and uh, you guys really inspire us so we're excited to have you yeah um no what you guys are doing this is like literally the type of thing that we the reason why we made this podcast because there's so many like young women like yourself um who like are doing like this really important work and we want to make sure like as many
3: people know about it
0: yes definitely oh i
3: love you guys i miss you <laughs> I haven't seen you
0: in so long. No, I miss you too, oh my gosh. But um, wait, so should we start off by like doing a little bit of like an introduction, if you want to start uh, Trinity? I know, so you're a student organizer and um, <laughs> you actually attend the school where it's, that's across from where the General Iron Facility is proposed. Right? Um, is there like, yeah, what should, what should people know about you?
2: And can you tell us a little how you got involved? <laughs> Okay, okay, I'm prepared. <laughs> um, I think a little bit about me. I'm 17. Uh, I'm currently a junior at George Washington High School, which is less than a mile away, I think that's correct, from General Iron's site. So that's crazy. But um, I'm involved in a lot of things in my school. Um, I'm on our student voice committee, so a lot of our student leaders actually help um, in our on the Stop General Iron campaign. Mm-hmm. So we all pretty much help out with that. There's a lot of other great collaborations we do with a whole bunch of other clubs. But I'm um, an also there, so I'm super um, involved in the community in a lot of ways. Um, it's really awesome. great out here. I think that that's probably a good benefit of the neighborhood school is everybody's like so connected. And we really get on each other. Cool. <sighs> yeah.
3: She's yeah. Being modest though, she <laughs> she's also the NRDC Youth Ambassador. ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> so you're being modest
0: that's crazy um so you're so you're a senior right no junior junior sorry i'm a junior yeah i'm just almost like, i was i was just trying to think about like what book fuck i was doing
2: <laughs> when i was
0: junior. And I not this not that for sure not um yeah that is amazing and really inspiring nice. Um and yaya can you give a little intro and like talk a little, a little bit about how you got involved um also for context also yeah. okay, is it okay that we call you yaya do you prefer yeah yes, that's yeah?
3: fine okay that's fine girl
0: <laughs> no problem um so wait 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 for context yaya is on her fucking 16th day of oh yeah. this hunger strike um so yeah can you give us some background and like how you got involved
3: yeah for sure so um i'm yesenia what's up Proud daughter of Mexican immigrants. Shout out Durango and Jalisco real quick. Um, Full-time student pursuing biology to go into medicine. So Mm -hmm. also going to school during a hunger strike, which is crazy. During Um, the pandemic. um, What's that? During a
0: pandemic too.
3: During a pandemic, right. Um, So I got involved with the campaign last year. I like came across an article where it was just basically saying that like this polluter that had a bunch of safety violations in Lincoln Park was moving to my neighborhood, mm-hmm. and when I like Googled the address where they were going to be located, it was right across the street from where my sister goes, and she goes to the same high school that Trinity goes to, so right. I was like, uh, no, <laughs> definitely not <laughs> happening. So, you know, me being super protective over my sister, I decided to kind of Google, and I came across a post on Facebook by the Southeast Environmental Task Force, which is an environmental organization in the town board. Shout out Peggy, who's the executive director. Um, she's, she's been an organizer on the Southeast side for like since, since the eighties. So she's held down on, on our side of town for a while. Mm-hmm. And they organized, um, they started out with just like doing basic testimonials of like, you know why we wouldn't want this to be in our neighborhood. There's like, a handful of people. And then from there, it just kind of really started to worry me because my entire family is in the 10th Ward. Like, my grandma, <laughs> my aunt, my nephew, my cousin Angelica, you know, like, my mom and our families and our friends uh, mm-hmm. all live on the side of town. and That's the cool thing about the 10th Ward. It's, like, it's multi-generational. So, like, our parents' parents probably went to high school together. Their parents work together, and, you know, and their kids are going to school together. So, um, so yeah, so I got involved, and then just kind of hopped on like the translating tip in Spanish because there's a lot of uh, Latinx people on our side of town too and Mm -hmm. you know the information has to be tangible for them. So started helping with translating and then joined the United Neighbors of the 10th Ward. Shout out to the team. Uh, We're an independent political organization on this side of town and like basically our purpose is to make uh, their increased political literacy and make those processes and that information tangible, Mm -hmm. either online or just uh, like in person. Yeah. So um, yeah, so I started to get involved and then noticed that the city wasn't really giving us um, much traction, didn't really care, you know, just kind of like threw us a little bone in here, like, oh, yeah, we'll put a town hall in front of you. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Um, And when we noticed that the city was just kind of making us run through hoops that wasn't really going to go anywhere, we made the tough decision to get on the hunger strike. Yeah, we're on day sixteen. Yeah, that is
0: a really big decision for sure. Um and so crazy, um, to fathom. Uh, Alexis and I did the one day solidarity strike yesterday and like it was really difficult so I just like can't imagine probably like, hats off to you for like really holding it down for community. Um can we give a little bit more um, background, Trinity? I know that, so we're, we're talking about it. We're, we're talking about General Iron, um, but yeah, for those listening who are not familiar, um, like what is, what is General Iron and like, who are they? And why is it so terrible that they wanna come to your community?
2: So, <laughs> so General Iron is um, currently located in Lincoln Park, which mm-hmm. is like a predominantly white neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, part of town, and so they're, um, it's, it's funny. but they're actually, um, a serial polluter because they are, I think they do, they, first, right? mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's cars. My brain is a car but yeah, they're mm-hmm. a car scrapper and they, um, they actually, um, don't follow a lot of guidelines and they've actually violated, like, their, um, regulations and stuff like that so they've not had a good track record um Mm -hmm. in Lincoln Park and like one of the quotes that like people always say is like if it's not good enough for the north side and it's not good enough for the south side which is right so a lot (laughs) of like not only are it's like obviously these companies like these industrial companies polluting neighborhoods, but mm-hmm. they're also not even following the guidelines that are still unjust because it's still pollution, but they're not even following, like, the legal guidelines, mm-hmm. so that is definitely um, a reason why we don't want it here in our neighborhood. Right. Um, so, they uh, like, our neighborhood already has a lot of particulate matter, um, mm-hmm. and we have a lot, like, we've sustained, like, a lot, of, um, I think the EPA calls this an already overburdened polluting community. Yeah. I think like those are closer there exactly. I don't know. It's- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But so yeah, um, just adding general iron, like already not having a good tra- track record, already not being good neighbors to the north side, mm-hmm. um, and being like a car scrapper, like that produces a lot of toxins. Toxins. <laughs> <laughs> a you're lot right. of. To- okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> not, I'm not good at the science. So no,
0: for sure. <laughs> um, I have yeah, I have a friend. That responded to me when i was posting about this that said that um she like lives in lincoln park and she lives like yeah i think nearby where the this city was and she said that like the dust in her apartment was like black like, mm-hmm. you know, like like i don't know if people think that like we're like exaggerating or something like no it's like really terrible for you to be like breathing into your lungs every day
3: um yeah and- they had explosions all that and if i can add yeah. context just kind of the timeline of how everything happened so yes. within the past three years is when like all the violations happen like um in a series of explosions they went under new ownership in 2019 which is the company rmg which is why they're mentioned as well in a lot of our complaints so they took over ownership but the LabCon family, which is the family that owned General Iron when it was in Lincoln Park, they're still mm-hmm. they're um, they're still like big stakeholders. So it's the same ownership, basically, just different name. Um, so they tried to rebrand, you know, and say that they're Southside Recycling and all this other stuff, but mm-hmm. um, it's it's General Iron, it's the same thing. Operations-wise, they do metal shredding, so um, you have this thing that's called particulate matter that's released into the um, into like the atmosphere, the climate, and basically Mm -hmm. there's two different types. So there's particulate matter size 10, which comes Mm -hmm. from like dust and mold. So like if you see on your weather apps sometimes versus high mold, and that means there's a lot of particulate matter 10 in the air, Mm -hmm. and that can really irritate like your nasal um, and your, your lung passageways. Particulate matter 2.5 comes from other things, um, like non-natural things, like diesel emissions, um, metal shredding, smaller particulates, and that actually sticks to the film of your lungs, so it's really, really harmful. Mm-hmm. Then it causes increases in like asthma, COPD, cancer, um, things like that. And in our ward in particular, we already have some of the highest rates, if not the highest rate of asthma in our ward, like 15% of our adults have asthma already, which is beyond me you know because like yeah i grew up thinking that was normal like my cousins had asthma and i'm like man like why don't i have asthma like all the cool <laughs> kids have it but in reality it's, it's that messed up yeah so they relocated they claim to relocate to our side of town because um we're the only ward in the city that's zoned for hazardous waste mm-hmm. so all of the hazardous waste from the city goes directly to us basically to be taken care of um and we're a zone for industrial, like manufacturing districts. So we have a lot of diesel emissions already with like Ford, and we have like almost 70 industrial sites in our ward. From what was recently reported, which is crazy, mm-hmm. you know, because it's pretty like high density in, uh, in, in and residents and like schools and all that. So yeah, so yeah, they're they're branding it as just like a a relocation. They're not telling the truth of them being kicked out of like a park. Totally.
0: Uh, so what would you say for, yeah, critics who would say that something like, you know, this area is zoned for this purpose, like General Iron has a right to move
3: in here. What would you like say to those people? I mean... A business has a right to relocate right like you a business has a right to take over another business however there are policies in place to protect public health that are in place by the illinois environmental protection agency right so you have laws that protect businesses you have laws that protect the environment and then you have laws that protect the people in this particular situation the only laws that are really being upheld are the business laws right which is why they're pushing the narrative of, yeah, this is just a business move. You can't stop another company from buying another company. Facts. 100% right. However, why the Illinois Environmental Protection Agency is in trouble right now with the Federal Environmental Protection Agency, there's like a lawsuit going on. Not a lawsuit, excuse me, an investigation, is because the IEPA claimed that they couldn't deny the permit that was issued secretly last year. Um, because of previous violations, right? So they're basically saying, like, okay, this company abused the environment, polluted the environment, but we can't consider them when issuing a new permit, which is a complete lie because it's in their laws.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so what I would say to somebody is that you're right, like, businesses can move wherever they want to, but people also have the right to protect their environment and to protect their health, and there's laws behind that, too. So,
0: right, and yeah, y'all have the the right to hold them accountable like their history in lincoln park shows that they they broke the community and the city's trust like Mm -hmm. so many times so so y'all definitely have a right to say i mean how yeah how can any company expect to be welcomed in by a community when they have that track record of Mm -hmm. of abusing trust right um so yeah we know like this this has been going on for like a while now that, that like southeast siders have been speaking out um and like not wanting um this move to their community can we talk about like how we got here like how we got to the hunger strike um and yeah like, like how did we get to this extreme and What is the goal? Like for maybe like people who aren't familiar with like hunger strikes or like how they work.
3: Yeah. Well, I'd like to kind of give some space for like Trinity's perspective Mm -hmm. as to how she saw it. Oh, you want me to go? Okay, I can start. I mean, (laughs) it was we do have some questions for Trinity? Okay, um, though. It was hard. Like we, man, we worked so much last year. Like it was just everything was just drop everything and do this because it was necessary to keep like moving towards not having this polluter here so mm-hmm. i'll give you an example so before the first permit was issued what organizers on the southeast side did and it was like a multitude of us it was like four five six different different organizations just working together on calls weekly Mm -hmm. to figure out what we needed you know Mm -hmm. lawyers would step in and and consult and be like hey you know this is how you translate this document these are the important points you need to know this Mm -hmm. is what you need to do to act so we would kind of just pull all of our resources together um gauge where our residents were as far as education goes and like we noticed that there wasn't a lot of education behind what was going on so that was our first step Mm -hmm. is to kind of compile all the information together and just have a couple bullets for people to understand the nature of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then also educate on how they can get involved, just even from their own home, you know, cause like the pandemic just locked everybody into the crib and <clears throat> rallying outside was really hard, but we did that even, even during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So with that, we decided to kind of just look around and see what resources we can leverage. And that's where like Trinity and her group came in um, very swiftly where Student Voice Committee at George Washington High School stepped in mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, what do you guys need? Black Student Alliance stepped in at George Washington. And they're like, hey, how can we help? Um, and mm-hmm. local school council stepped in, teachers mm-hmm. stepped in. It was crazy. And then it really became a movement. It was like multi-generational movement. we're like, yeah. okay, like we have elders behind us. We have students behind us. We have moms, you know, kids, everybody's behind us. So we are like, okay, we gotta keep going. Oh, really? So. We kept moving forward with the process, um, translating a lot of material, making sure people were um, informed with like next steps, like town halls, public hearings, public comment. You know, mm-hmm. making sure everybody had drafts and prompts, and oh, uh, it was crazy. Um, and yeah. then and y'all put y'all put
0: so much so much work into this for the for the state to grant them the first permit to mm-hmm. for, for the process to now be where general iron
3: is only one permit away from opening, right out. and they did that secretly like and that's okay. that permit was issued after they came out like a few days after um they made that statement of saying they couldn't consider previous violations and that's when it just kind of turned up for all of us and we're like nah this is not it you know like, oh, they're, so being they're, not, they're, yeah, they're being super not. they're not being transparent so um i think the final straw for us was just how they tried to like screw us over in the town hall in December. Mm-hmm. Um, they made it really difficult for Spanish speakers to even make public comment, which is like right. an unacceptable period, especially when the majority of our community and the 10th ward is Latinx, you know, mm-hmm. black and immigrant. So we knew what the vibe was gonna be with them. Okay. So, and we made a difficult decision, consulted with Alderwoman Taylor um, just, you know, pioneer in this game with a hunger strike. She she did a hunger strike right it was either twenty eight or thirty eight days to save diet high school, which was her local high school, and she was successful in doing that with the group of people she was with. And she just kept it real with us. She was like, Hey, this is what's gonna happen you know you need to make sure you have your demands prior to because it's going to get real once you're once you're in the hunger strike right so we consulted with her we consulted with um chicago action medical which um is currently guiding us through our hunger strike mm-hmm. as far as the medical parts of it and how to take our vitals how to mm-hmm. know what a baseline is um you know once to reach out to them like they're always accessible to us and then yeah now
0: now we're on day 16. yeah that is crazy um i mean it's amazing that you guys have like such a great like support system um to be able to do this in like a safe way at least even though it's like fucked up that we are here um but yeah so with the, that being said the like ultimate goal of like this strike basically is to get like lori lightfoot to deny this final permit right
3: great that's yeah that's one of the mo- more important ones um one to deny the permit which is the main one but to to make sure this company isn't anywhere in city limits you know because it's right. like it it shouldn't be in our neighborhood but there are also other neighborhoods that are being affected the same way we are like little village Pilsen, you know just got another warehouse which so is beyond me
0: totally. um, I read also that General Iron, like, most of the scrap metal that they process is coming from the suburbs
3: anyway. Do you know if that's correct? I I don't. I don't. But I know they do also have a lot of partners, like, overseas, too. So it doesn't stop here. They send their stuff overseas as well. Uh, But what I can say is that it's not like they they take out the... um, Like, for example, like, in cars, like, when you shred them, there's something called Freon. And the ac they don't pay to get that removed mm. you know so when they're shredding these cars like all of that particular matter is being released crazy gotcha
0: yeah there there was a question that was dropped in the chat box well i had a question too for training. okay go ahead okay your well okay so i know they're worth saying like how um yeah like how like involved the youth has been and like how like important that is like to um yeah to this movement to this um campaign um yeah i was just wondering like how your like fellow like students and peers feel like what like what have you heard like the responses like being at school well i know it's online right now but like you know, thinking about going back to, like, is it scary Like to think
2: that you're gonna be going to, like, school in somewhere that is, like, has happening? type of environment, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that um, a lot of our teachers are super involved in, um, like, actually one of our teachers is a hunger striker, and I think that he, Mr. Stryker, I mean, it feels weird saying it's the <laughs> say it's the same, but no, I'm joking. Um, I think he's on day 20, for him. He's on day 20 of the Congress. And a lot, of, um, a lot of our students actually have him. Um, so I know that kind of we're all feeling like that burden of, you know, obviously pollution and oppression and just like of Lori Lightfoot and her team and Dr. Anguani like CEPH, basically just the city of Chicago, not really valuing community but now like they're not valuing our school community because like it's affecting us because some of us live like right there some of us don't live in the 10th floor but we all go to school and we're all going to be less than a mile away from there um, probably in a pandemic because Lori wants to open back up our school right, um, right. and be all about safety even though she's allowing a polluter by us mm-hmm. so it's really a lot of um, health issues that we have as a community but as our school is going to be we already don't have the resources to open up, so. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like even yesterday, like I was just feeling really heavy yesterday because like it's just hard like to see like like my teacher, like um, I never had him as a teacher, but like he's uh, like a staff in our community. Mm-hmm. And, like having him like still be on meetings, like he's our, he's a vice, he's also just on the position of vice chairperson for our LSC. And like does he you send you too? And like know that like the community members, like that, like I love and like my friends, like aren't eating. Um, That's really sad. Oh, like, it, like yesterday I was like crying. I was like, this is like terrible. And like, I know, and like I started posting about it. And then people like, it's actually kind of funny. My friends were like, you need to stop, stop posting about this, it's sad. I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? And they're just like, um, I think a lot of students are kind of, a lot of students are taking it personally. We actually have um, a student hunger striker, but they haven't really been um, a lot of coverage on him. But yeah, I can actually say his, later but um, mm-hmm. he's on a liquid hunger strike too in solidarity and has been i think since probably the beginning i don't know if maybe he's dropped or not um and like yeah. um last thursday i think the 18th if i'm not wrong my days are mixed up i'm telling you <laughs> but um we had a one day hunger strike in solidarity and like that was over 80 students so mm-hmm. like not only like at washington our students feeling this but we've actually had students from Northside side college um, prep Mm-hmm. So that's also a selective enrollment school and they're also in the North side and they're feeling this just as heavily too. So it's like we're all really connected um, in our schools and like me, like I'm on my, um, and my, I'm a student rep for my LSC and so like I've been connected with a lot of other student LSC reps and like we've mm-hmm. been talking and it feels like every time I'm talking to students like even if they're outside of Washington like the mm-hmm. hunger strike and like General Iron and like the whole campaign just keeps coming up so like it's definitely a lot like on the community and yeah. i don't think we'll understand that um like i don't think that gets covered like the mental health effects like now i mean it's threatening our physical health but like in the process it's hurting us and like hurting our families
0: for sure um yeah i mean i think we can we can relate. You know, we're in Humboldt Park, but you um, feel for the southeast side over here too, and you know, this is something that's really important um, to us as well. And I feel you on um, like, yeah, people like see on social media being like, can you can you stop? Like, this depressing. <laughs> yeah, I've been like posting about it, and I feel like people like are not engaging with it, and I'm just like, oh, first of all, everyone acts like they care about like climate change or like I mean, environmental it's justice a ra- it's a racial justice issue as well so but it is. Like, yeah i'm just like everyone's like cl- talking about it and it's like oh but when it's happening like in your city like you don't have anything to say sorry right well i think yeah people don't understand i mean especially like the example you gave with diet high school like we know that these are like effective methods And y'all have done everything. Like you did the town halls, you did the letters, like you did all the meetings and coalition building and the city and the state has like, still just tried to like outmaneuver like the the community going through the appropriate channels. So like, this is where y'all are at. This is what y'all gotta do. And um, yeah, it's like some, like it it can be hard for people to take in, but like, this is how we win. Like we all win, like going through, um, Experiences and, and going through it together.
3: Um, yeah, I agree. I think it takes a lot to, to uphold democratic processes because, like, if you think about historically the origin, they weren't made for us, you know? So, like, these processes are made to keep us in the same crazy cycle where it's just toxic for our types of communities that have the demographic of black residents and Latinx residents and brown residents and, you know, residents of immigrant descent. And You know, they they make it seem like it's so important to uphold and and follow these processes. But Mm -hmm. if you look at it historically, only change comes when you go radical and when you think outside the box and when you do something drastic. And I'll, you know, drop a quote that my fellow organizer, Pastor Matt says, and Mm -hmm. he's like, we're not gonna free ourselves with the tools that our oppressors give us. So.
0: Right. That's a good quote, definitely. Um, I know that we have to wrap up in a second to, um, I know, Trinity, you have mm-hmm. another album, Nathan, right? Um, you, you gotta know. go, wait, are you, is it a basketball game? No, soccer. Soccer, sorry. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> you gotta go kick some butt. Um, mm-hmm. I'll try. So, just wrapping up, um, should be like, maybe just say, like, what the status is of, of everything? Yeah, we mentioned there's, like, in... EPA, like, investigation, right? But, like, ultimately, we're still just kind of, like, waiting on Lori, right? If she's going to approve the appointment or not?
3: Yeah. Um, So we, a couple of organizers, met with the mayor's chief of staff last Friday. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, it was just a session for them to actively listen to our demands, and we got confirmation the same day that Lori knows what our demands are, and our demand for her is... To have a press conference have the strikers there have us present our narrative because we're not going to let the city control how this happened and why we got to this point you know so have that at a press conference and have her announce the denial of the permit mm-hmm. and she hasn't responded so she knows but if you ask me why i think it's not happening is because she's scared of getting sued yeah. And and ultimately this all comes down to like money, right? Like a Thousand percent. I mean you you can publicly look up, like, use you know, use the resources on Google just to look up who's donating to whose campaign, who's connected with who, you know, what entities were established under a, a, a random name last year to donate to, you know, our, our own alder woman. Like it's all there. So there is a reason why certain people aren't speaking up. There's a reason why certain people are staying in the middle, and there's a reason why certain people won't say the word denial, and it's because they were probably affiliated with the process of getting this company to our neighborhood, and they don't want to get sued. Right. So right. feel free to prove yeah. me wrong, but until then, I feel you. that's my story. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, thank you guys so much for like taking the time. Um, to talk about this issue and just, yeah, for all of the work that you guys are doing and have been doing um, to try to protect your community. It is really, truly amazing. How can people support you or like, how can they get involved?
3: Yeah, what's the best way people can um, contribute to the cause and make some noise? It's a good question. There's a ton of different ways. I think the most organic way is just to talk about it, you know, just make it a, a normal conversation, meet people where they're at, not overwhelm them with the information, um, just kind of gauge their, their thought process on it, and then just keep breaking those, those social barriers that have been placed among us where we don't even talk about these kind of things, right? Where it seems like such a heavy topic of conversation when it's surrounding us every day. Um, so I think starting there is a really good point. Um, there, we also have an Instagram and Twitter at Shy Hunger Strike. Um, you can follow us there, we're constantly posting every day, um, mm-hmm. there's a link in my bio to to get involved and donate to the GoFundMe or just like a social media toolkit which kind of breaks down um, talking points and things that you can repost mm-hmm. um, there's a hashtag that you guys can follow too on Instagram and Twitter yeah. um, hashtag deny the permit and hashtag stop general iron mm-hmm. um, yeah I mean just reach out like it is a little bit overwhelming right now, cause, you know, we both got school and like interviews and stuff, but we're always willing to help anybody that has any questions. And we definitely appreciate you you all just giving us the platform to even talk about the southeast side. You know, we're like, we're we're part of the city that's always forgotten. We're like a little island and nobody really knows what's going on over here. But, you know, anybody that that supports, we really do, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate. And I can probably speak for the hunger strikers that energy like this and just knowing people genuinely support us in not only combating things that are affecting our neighborhood, which is like overall social justice and environmental justice for for communities in Chicago. Like, just seeing everybody supports us, like, you know, like, fuck the hunger. Like, we we love that and we want to protect people because, like, we deserve to live, you know?
0: Totally. Uh, Trinity,
2: any any last thoughts or any other suggestions? Yeah, just huge echo on everything that is <laughs> <laughs> No, but so. I think that honestly, one of the best ways to get involved, especially during a pandemic, because like um, today, I think that there's a vigil, that there was a vigil at 5 p.m. at City Hall. So it is hard to be involved in those spaces, and especially like. I know because, you know, I try to advocate for students to be in these spaces and it's hard because like parents, you're like, you don't want your kids to catch COVID because we're in a pandemic going to these things because, you know, we're being depressed. So activism is really hard right now in person. So I think that the best way is definitely social media. Just that traction, like because we can have like those in-person conversations and like podcasts like this too, like are awesome. Like just talking about it, I think um, using the hashtags. Like today, that there was a Twitter storm, and we had stopped an trend. Like every time we have a Twitter storm, it's always trending, and it's the best thing ever. But um, yeah, I think just following those accounts and really because like we're all on social media every day, <laughs> um, just reposting when we get the chance, like amplifying you know the voices who are at the vigil. Are doing that work and amplifying the organizers is probably the best way to get involved. Excellent. Shout out to the people that paved the way for us to do this too. You know, it took oh, a lot yes. of
3: work from Black revolutionaries and Latinx and Indigenous revolutionaries for us to mm-hmm. even be able to be here and have these conversations. So, yeah. shout out to our ancestors. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Thank mm-hmm. you all so much for what you're doing. Yeah. And Trinity, we're like looking forward to seeing like all the other things you go on to do and like mm-hmm. just the way that you're you're being a role model for other students at your school too, so we'll definitely be following. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thank you guys so much. Keep killing it, and we will we
1: will be into.
3: It. Yeah, bye bonitas. Thank you, thank, thank you, you for everybody me. that watched. Yeah, Love too. you guys.
1: Yeah.